Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this podcast series is going to be about the book of Genesis. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to, to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. If you're interested in a deep analysis of the book of Genesis, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy what you hear here, and if you have any questions, you can share, link, and subscribe. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Genesis podcast. This is Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be Genesis chapter 17. Now, this has to do with the Abrahamic covenant, and what I want to ask you is, who was the first person ever to receive the Abrahamic covenant? We'll talk about that at the end of the lesson. So, let's get into this one. Chapter 1, or verse 1, chapter 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 and 9 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I, the Almighty God, give unto thee a commandment that thou shalt walk uprightly before me and be perfect. Salvation does not come all at once. We are commanded to be perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect. It will take us ages to accomplish this end, for there will be greater progress beyond the grave, and it will be there that the faithful will overcome all things and receive all things, even the fullness of the Father's glory. I believe the Lord meant just what he said, that we should be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. That will not come all at once, but line upon line and precept upon precept, example upon example. And even then, not as long as we live in this mortal life, for we will have to go beyond the grave before we reach that perfection and shall be like God. But here we lay the foundation. Here is where we are taught these simple truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this probationary state to prepare us for that perfection. It is our duty to be better today than we were yesterday and better tomorrow than we are today. Why? Because we are on the road, if we are keeping the commandments of the Lord, we are on that road to perfection, and that can only come through the obedience and the desire in our hearts to overcome the world. That was by Joseph Fielding Smith. Verse 2, And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And it came to pass that Abram fell on his face and called upon the name of the Lord. And God talked with him, saying, My people have gone astray from my precepts and have not kept mine ordinances, which I gave unto their fathers, and they have not observed mine, or, mine anointing, and the burial or baptism wherewith I commanded them, but, had, but have turned from the commandment, and taken unto themselves the washing of children, and the blood of sprinkling, and have said that the blood of the righteous Abel was shed for sins, and have not known wherein they are accountable before me. This, this uh, verse, we notice that uh, baptism existed even back in the day of Abraham. Of course, we know that Adam was was also baptized. Verse 4, But as for, as for thee, behold, I will make my covenant with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. And that this covenant I make that thy children may be known among all nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. Conversion to Judaism is always accompanied by giving a new name. For men, it is usually Abraham or Ben Avram, son of Abraham. When, when blessings are given for health at marriages and at other festive occasions, often the new or, or special name is used. And that was by Daniel Rona. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and of thy seed. And I will establish a covenant of circumcision with thee, and it shall be my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations, that thou mayest know forever that children are not accountable before me until they are eight years old, and thou shalt observe to keep all my commandments, wherein... I covenanted with thy fathers, and thou shalt keep my 
Keep the commandments which I have given thee with mine own mouth, and I will be a God unto thee, and thy seed after thee. The Abrahamic covenant makes frequent reference to one's seed. The organ of the body that produces seed and brings about physical birth is the organ on which the token of the covenant was made. The organ of spiritual rebirth, however, is the heart. Thus, when a person was circumcised, it signified that while he had been born into the covenant, he need not be baptized until he became accountable before the Lord. But spiritual circumcision, or the circumcision of the heart, must take place once one becomes accountable, or one is not considered a, a, as true Israel. As Paul said so aptly, for he is not a Jew, which is at one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one, out, which, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose, whose praise is not of men, but of God. <clears throat> Verse 8, And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee a land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Therefore thou shalt keep my, my covenant, thou and thy seed after thee, in their generations. <clears throat> On April 3rd, 1836, as part of a magnificent sequence of heavenly manifestations in the newly completed Kirtland Temple, Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery experienced a visitation by Elias, who committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, saying that in us and our seed, all generations after us should be blessed. Thus, the continuity of the Lord's ancient covenant program was assured in the latter days. The Lord delights in blessing his children. He gives them places of refuge in this world, lands and gathering places such as the stakes of Zion. He gives them hope for eternal mansions on high. He makes them, faith, uh, makes them fruitful in their posterity and gives them the hope of eternal increase through the blessings of, temporal marriage, of temple marriage. He provides the fullness of the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ and the priesthood of God with its ennobling and redeeming power to grant immortality and eternal life for the valiant who endure to the end. For all of these extraordinary blessings, he asks only that we walk in righteousness and obey his commandments, sharing our witness to the world through his missionary program. And that was uh, from Latter-day Commentary of the Old Testament. Verse 10, and this shall be my covenant, which ye shall keep between me and thee and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house or, or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. The covenant is everlasting, but circumcision as a sign of such a covenant was later discontinued. And the uncircumcised man-child, whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah thou shalt call her name. And I will bless her, and I will give, unto, unto, and I will give thee a son of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be blessed, the mother of nations, kings, and people shall be of her. Hagar had returned to Abram's um, house <clears throat> and given birth to Ishmael, and now ensued a period which we must regard as of most sore trial to Abram's faith. Full 13 years elapsed without apparently any revelation on the part of God. During this time, Ishmael had grown up, and Abram may almost 
insensibly have accustomed himself to look upon him as the heir, even though <clears throat> in all probability he knew that he had not been destined for it. Abram was now 99 years old and Sarai stricken in years, for every human hope and prospect must be swept away, and the heir be, in the fullest sense, the child of the promise, that so faith might receive directly from God that for which it, it had waited. It was in these circumstances that Jehovah at last once more appeared in visible form to Abram, this time to establish and fulfill the covenant which he had formerly made. Hence, also now the admonition, walk before me and be thou perfect, which follows but can never proceed, precede the covenant. In token of this established covenant, God enjoined upon Abram and his descendants the right of circumcision as a sign and a seal, at the same time changing the name of Abram, father of elevation, or noble chief, into Abraham, the father of a multitude, and that Sarai, the princely, into Sarah, or the princess. To denote that though that through these two the promise was to be fulfilled, and that from them the chosen race was to spring. These tidings came upon Abraham with such joyous surprise that as in humble worship he fell upon the on his face, he laughed as he considered within himself the circumstances of the case. As Calvin remarks, not from doubt or disbelief, but in gladness and wonder. To perpetuate the remembrance of the wonder, the promised seed was to hear the name of Isaac or laughter. The, the, the name of Isaac means laughter. Thus, as afterwards, at the outset of the calling of the Gentiles, the name of Saul was changed into Paul, probably after the first fruits of his ministry. So here, at the outset of Israel's calling, we have three new names indicative of the power of God, which lay at the root of all, and of the simple faith <clears throat> which received the promise. <clears throat> the heir of the promises was indeed to be the child of Sarah, but over Ishmael also would the Lord watch and multiply him exceedingly and make him a, na a great nation, even since those days had the sign of circumcision remained to bear testimony to the covenant with Abraham. On the eighth day, as the first full period of seven has elapsed, a new period is, as it were, to begin, and each Jewish child so circumcised is a living witness to the transaction between God and Abraham more than 3,000 years ago. But better far, it pointed forward to the fulfillment of the covenant promise in Christ Jesus, in whom there is now no other circumcision needed than that of the heart. And that was by Alfred Edersheim. <clears throat> Verse 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and, la and rejoiced and said in his heart, there, the, there shall be a child born unto me that is an hundred years old, and Sarah that is ninety years old shall bear it, shall bear and Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live uprightly before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him also for an everlasting covenant, with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this, this set time in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. <clears throat> so um, Sarah's going to have Isaac, and she's going to be, he's going to be the one that's the covenant. Remember that uh, Sarah is the first wife, and uh, so even in the, the primogeniture uh, process, Isaac, even though he's the second born of the second wife, he, he, he being the first born of the first wife, uh, would still be the 
heir to Abraham. Verse 23, And Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with money, every male among the, among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day, swift obedience, as God had said unto him. And Abraham was ninety-nine and nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. In the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael, his son. And all the men of his house, which were born in the house and bought with money <clears throat> of strangers, were also circumcised with him. <clears throat> so here's the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, that's the end of the chapter, of chapter uh, 17. So let me just read you a couple things here about the Abrahamic covenant. Abraham first received the gospel by baptism, which is the covenant of salvation. Then he had conferred upon him the higher priesthood, and he entered into celestial marriage, which is the covenant of exaltation, gaining assurance thereby that he would have eternal increase. Finally, he received a promise that all of these blessings would be offered to all of his mortal posterity. Included in the divine promises to Abraham was the assurance that Christ would come through his lineage, and the assurance that Abraham's posterity would receive certain choice promised lands as an eternal inheritance. All, all, of the, all of these promises lumped together are called the Abrahamic covenant. This covenant was renewed with Isaac and again with Jacob. Those portions of it which pertain to personal exaltation and eternal increase are renewed with each member of the house of Israel who enters the order of celestial marriage. Through that order, the participating parties become inheritors of all the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. A close analysis of the promises shows both their temporal and eternal significance. So we know from um, the temporal part of it that the land of Canaan was promised to Abraham. And from an eternal significance, Abraham is also promised to his descendants also that they will inherit the earth and uh, the celestial kingdom. Also, the temporal part of it is that uh, Abraham was 100 years old before his covenant son was born. Uh, and that his vast population uh, would also uh, be the temporal blessing that he would receive. From an eternal perspective, in a literal sense, Abraham's posterity will have no end because his righteous descendants will go on through eternity bringing forth posterity. And then also on the temporal side, the priesthood promise would be given uh, to his posterity. Noah was given the priesthood and commissioned to preach the gospel. So Abraham received the priesthood that he might preach and also bless others. From an eternal perspective, as descendants of Abraham, if we remain true and faithful to our charge to bless our own family and others with the blessings of the gospel, we will also continue to do so through all eternity. So that promise of Abraham also goes to us in these last days and to all the faithful. All those that receive temple marriage also receive all the blessings of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, the question that I had asked before was, who was the first person to receive the Abrahamic covenant? Most of you would probably say, duh, Abraham. And when in fact, the first person was actually Adam. It was a trick question. Uh, almost every question you ask about who's the first to do this is going to be Adam. Um, Adam received also the same covenant, the same promise, um, but it was just named after Abraham being because he was so faithful. I bear testimony to the truth of the gospel and that these scriptures are um, showing us that we can also become heirs of salvation just like Abraham. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hope you like it. If you do, share. See you later. Bye.